Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just want to recognize you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you live in us. Holy Spirit, I just want to recognize your presence right now that you are here. And Holy Spirit, you are the one. You are the one that convicts. You are the one that pleads with men. You are the one that burns on the hearts of people. You are the one that takes the message of Jesus, the message of the Father, the message of the gospel. You are the one, Holy Spirit, that takes our weak words and you bring them to life in people's lives. Because without you, Holy Spirit, it would just be religion. It would just be dead works. It would be the Pharisees, they knew the word and they crucified the Lord of glory. They crucified our King. So Holy Spirit, I pray that right now that you would go and you would prepare hearts as, you, as you've already done, I, I believe. And I ask that you would anoint these words that as I speak, that you would uh, speak to those, to each person, whichever it is that you, whatever it is you desire to say. Give me articulation, Holy Spirit, to present the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today um, I want to speak on something that's just very near to my heart. Um, you guys have heard me speak about it before. Honestly, everything that I speak normally bleeds out of this. And uh, it's just the reality, once again, of our heavenly identity. And at the risk of sounding repetitive to where when you guys hear me a lot, I speak on identity, I speak on who we are. I'm just, I'm so convinced, I'm so convinced that our identity is the most important thing the believer's identity, who we've now become, now that we are born again, is so important. It's so important to going deep in God. It's so important to living free. And it's like Paul said, to write, I think it's Philippians 3 verse 1, to write the same things to you is no trouble for me, and it is safe for you. And when you look at all of the New Testament, the majority of it seems to be just hammering who we now are, that we're free from sin, that we're alive in Christ, that we've been raised with him and seated with him in heavenly places. The New Testament, it goes on over and over and talks about the identity of the believer. Even when Paul or James or Peter, even when they're addressing certain issues, it's always from a point, from a place of don't do that don't act like that. Don't say that because that's not who you are anymore. That's where it's always from. It's never like, hey guys, don't do this, don't do that. In this like religious dry way. It's like, listen, that's not you anymore. You are now light. You are now a son of a king. Act like it. So even in the New Testament, it's always identity that, that the apostles and are, are, are constantly hammering on. And today, 
What I want to just do, I have a few quotes that I want to read. I have some things that God has put on my heart. It won't be a very long message, but I have some things that God has been burning on my heart this whole week. And what I want to do, honestly, is just read a bunch of scripture. I have like 12 different verses. I may not get to all of them. They're very short. And what I want to do is just look at scripture because scripture, God's word, can explain this way better than I can. I don't, it's like the articulation is already there. And I just want you guys to see for yourself what the word of God says. And again, I'm encouraging myself here. Every time I speak a message, it's coming right back at me. This is things that in my life, whenever I go through maybe a difficult season or I have a rough week or whatever the case may be, or maybe I'm getting in my head because I'm a thinker, I, it never fails that when I get alone with God, even this past week, it, it happened to me as I was preparing for this message and I was allowing my mind to get in the way and I was trying to think about how I'm going to articulate things with my mind. And then I had to come to a place of surrender and be like, what am I doing? I know this quote from Leonard Ravenhill. He says, uh, a message born in the head reaches the head, but a message born in the heart reaches the heart. And it's, oh, I love that. I remember when I read that a few years ago and just even this past week, I had to just get back to the reality of what, what am I doing? Holy Spirit, you live in me. And to just posture myself, right? There's a quote that um, comes out of this book, this, leader, this amazing leadership book that, that Donnie has, and him and I, uh, he's been going through it um, more, uh, and he's been showing me some things. And this book is mainly on leadership, um, but there's a chapter in there on identity. And I just wanted to take a little portion out of the beginning of that chapter, and I just want to read it to you guys, because when I read it, I was like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is me and Donnie where I'm over there like jumping in his office because I'm like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Let me read this. It says, we, like Jesus, have only one great battle to fight in this life, the battle of identity. All other battles revolve around this. All other battles revolve around this. It's good, ain't it? A guy named Dr. James Richard wrote it. All other battles evolve around this. With identity, self-image, and self-worth intact, obeying God, avoiding sin, and conquering temptation is very easy. Mm. The area of identity will be the number one area in which Satan will attack us. Like Jesus, it will be a life, lifetime battle. It will be a lifetime battle. Only to the degree that we can be undermined in this area is the area... In this area, we can be conquered. Let me repeat that because I messed up that last sentence. Only, sorry, lost my place. Only to the degree that we can be undermined in this area, the area of identity, can we be conquered. So the enemy comes and it's like, it's a constant struggle. It's a constant, not, I shouldn't say struggle. It's a constant fight. You don't have to struggle in it. You rest in him and when you know who you are, but it's a constant fight against who you are. Adam and Eve, in the very beginning, the enemy tricked them and tried to lie to them, or did, actually not tried, he did, but he was lying to them about something that they already were. And they fell short, and then since then, you guys know the story. But identity is just, it's so, it's so foundational. 
And I feel like until we see, until I hear different talks coming out of our mouth, until I see us live certain ways, and, and, and I mean, even like at the body of Christ at large, you know, Paul in, in I think it's 1 Corinthians, he says, for I wanted to feed you meat, but you couldn't handle it. You were still needing milk, for where there's quarreling and divisions among you, are you not still carnal and acting of the flesh? I mean, he was so, he's like, guys, 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 you're still acting. He says, you're still acting like mere men. You're still acting like you're unsaved. You're bickering, you're complaining, you're gossiping about your brother or your sister. No, 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 no. Something's not right here. Do you know who you are? Do you know who he is in you? Or, or, or sometimes we're, we're so, and I, man, this was, this was me, like so defeated by life circumstances or my feelings. Living off my feelings. I love what we were saying, what Donnie was saying up here just a few minutes ago uh, towards the end of worship. And, and, and then what, what Stephanie was talking about, the faithfulness of God. You know, one thing I, I've learned is, he, he, here's what I love. No matter what, this Bible never changes. That is powerful. It never changes. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what we feel, we can open it up and the scriptures don't change. They don't change depending on what we're going through. They don't, I mean, there's different scriptures to look up depending on what we're going to, but, but it never changes. God loves me. And forever I will be overwhelmed by God, the uncreated, loving me with all of his heart. Yesterday was cool. We were, uh, as a family, we were going to uh, uh, Petco, right? I get confused with the different pet stores, PetSmart, Petco. We're going to Petco because we just got a puppy um, like a few weeks ago, and we're finally warming up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, all the dog owners they know or who have. We already have four kids. The <laughs> We brought, this pep, we, we brought this puppy home, and I kid you not, guys, day one, I'm on the phone. Do you guys take returns? This, <laughs> I promise. I'm literally stressed out. Me and my wife are like, what did we do? We already got four kids. <laughs> but, but no, no, I think she's growing on us now. Now I feel bad. Now we're like, she's, be, she's becoming part of the family, and... And, um, you know, she's growing on us. And it was hard because not only were we uh, adjusting and adapting, the poor puppy was. So she's like having diarrhea and she's throwing up and she's scared of us for like, she had, anyways, I don't know in detail, but it was, it was like a few days where she wasn't using the bathroom like that, but she was just like, act like she was terrified of us. I'd open the crate. I'm like, where's that puppy excitement? Like, give me something. And she just didn't want to, you know. And so we were, but no, she, she's a golden retriever. And, um, you know, anyway, she, she came alive now. And, and, and so anyway, so we were at Peco. We were going, we had to go buy some dog food, add, add another thing to our family now that we have to do over there, worrying about dog foods and leashes and all this other stuff that adds up quick, right? Uh, but anyway, so we get out the car. Melanie's getting um, Nathaniel out the car, our one-year-old who's almost two. And... And um, she gets him out, and she just has this moment with him. And it's often we have this moment with him. We're just like, gosh, there's nothing that you can, quote, unquote, do for me. But my heart explodes when I see you. Like, I, we literally feel the insides move when we look at this little guy. He's so funny. He's full of life. He's just adorable. And Melanie, 
was telling him that. Melanie's, even though he doesn't understand, he feels it. Melanie's telling him, I love you with all of my heart or all that I am, something like that, right? And she hears the father whisper to her, I love you with all that I am. And, and she told me that, and I was like, oh, we paused for a second. Like, before we're walking in, we're like looking at each other face to face, for real, because that's a, that's a real reality there. God doesn't command us to do something he's not doing himself. He says, love me with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What does it look like for God to love us, to love you with all of his heart? Uncreated God, all of his being. That is a lot of power and a lot of might. All of his being, he loves us. God, I mean, I'm telling you, the basics of uh, the, the, the simple truths of the gospel, I can never graduate from it. It's, it's the thing that fuels me. It's the thing that keeps me going. When I wake up in the morning, I'm loved by God. When I go throughout the day, I'm loved by God. Why don't I want to sin anymore? Because I feel pleasure in being holy. I really do. This is not a holier than thou. I promise I would never judge other people for what they're going through ever. That's not my heart. But I find pleasure in being holy. It says that in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. All other sin, all other, all other shortcomings that we end up giving into are nothing more than us trying to fulfill desires in the wrong spot. You guys have probably heard that before. But God, right, it's so true. I can never get over just the simple reality of I'm a son and it doesn't matter what I feel. Todd White said something real powerful one time. He says a bunch of stuff real powerful. I'm so grateful for that guy. And he said something one time, um, and this, this rocked my understanding so much and rocked my world when he said this. He said that someone came up to him and said, hey man, at the end of service or something, and said, can you pray for me that I would feel the love of God? And he said, absolutely not. He said, you're not supposed to feel the love of God. You're supposed to know it. And yes, we feel it. We feel the love of God. It's okay. It's, there's no feeling like feeling the love of God. You will feel his presence. But when you don't, what are you going to do? Because how many times do we wake up? There's how many times I wake up and I'm, I'm just like, dang, dry, maybe not enough sleep, or just like, whatever the case may be. You don't wake up in the third, especially in this atmosphere, which I want to share later. Like, we, we live in a fallen world. We're redeemed. We're not fallen anymore. Those who believe in Jesus, who's been born again, but we still live here. Jesus in John 17, he said, Father, I'm not asking for you to take them out of the world. Keep them in the world. And we're of, we're, I mean, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Our citizenship is in heaven. I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a bunch of scripture that I want to share. But yeah, so he said this. He said, he said, um, you're not supposed to feel the love of God. You're supposed to know it. He said, if I pray for you and you feel the love of God and you walk out of this building and you don't feel it, you'll believe he left you and that's a lie. Let that sink. It's, that's why I feel like it's all about knowing truth. It's all about, there's other things, man. There's, the gospel goes deep. Stuff, I hear other people that have been doing this thing for a long time. This thing, I mean like, living godly and people who've had heavenly visitations and they'll, they'll say stuff and I'm like, oh my goodness, like that is like, that's deep. And even, but, but I think the, it's all about building the right foundation. 
That song we were singing, build my life. I will build my life on you. It's about building a strong foundation. And the foundation is found in our identity. To the degree to which you know your identity and are rooted in your identity is the degree to which you walk in freedom. You'll know the truth, right? The truth sets you free. It's a simple scripture. And again, that knowing is, is intimate, experiential. It's, it's not just a head knowledge. It's just not, well, I know the scripture. I said it during my prayer. The Pharisees and all these religious people of the day, they knew the word of God. Like Donnie was, they used to have a scroll on their head or something on that thing they wore. And these guys, quote unquote, knew the word of God. Yet they killed Jesus. They missed the very visitation of the king. So it's not about just knowing in our minds. When you know truth, like that, that, that's a good almost barometer, like in our life on how much truth we're walking in. It is how much freedom we're walking in. And when there's, when there's an area of your life that you're not living free in, instead of us, unfortunately, what we've done in the body of Christ is we form other denominations and different doctrines. And next, you know, just because of our own experiences, we conclude that, wait, maybe the, the, maybe the word meant this, or maybe Jesus meant this. Well, how about, how about that just shows that if there's an area in your life that you're dealing with, maybe you just need truth in that area. Maybe truth really does set free, knowing truth. So as I said, I want to just um, go over some scripture now. And I'm just going to, again, read a bunch of uh, New Testament scriptures and I'm just going to elaborate if I feel my heart on something and some I may just move on to. Um, but I'm going to read some scriptures and something that I recommend that um, anyone in here who wants to really root themselves in identity or so, some of the books that I constantly return to. Again, the whole Bible, the whole Bible is inspired by God, Old and New Testament, valuable, the word of God. But some of the books that I constantly turn to. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of the books I constantly turn to are, who, who's ever heard of the acronym God Eats Popcorn? Uh, nobody heard of that? Man, I still use that to this day. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Nobody heard that? God Eats Popcorn? I still use it. To this day, sometimes if I flip and I'm looking for a certain book, wait, God Eats Popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians. Okay, you know what I'm saying? It'll help. It helps the order. Anyways, <laughs> get in those books. They're very small, very easy to understand. And as you read them, I challenge you not to read from the perspective of checking off a checklist. Don't read to just get it done for the day. Even if you've only read one verse, two verses, three verses, that is where the power is. If you have grace to go on, sometimes you have grace to read three, four, ten chapters sometimes. That happens. There's been times, it doesn't happen often, but there's been times where and for an hour straight, you read the word. And then you look back, you're like, wow, I just read a lot. And it's just something just, and then most of the time, like Donnie and I were talking about, a lot of times we feed on one scripture. We feed on one chapter. And then we, we, we constantly repeat it over and over until it becomes us. Because that's the goal of Christianity, us becoming the word. Not just, not just reading it, right? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. 
Ephesians chapter one is also amazing. Uh, Ephesians one is full of, we can spend a whole series probably on Ephesians one, but I'm gonna start today in Ephesians chapter two, verse one. And it says that, it says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Is it up there? Yeah. And you he made alive. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know that the Bible does not teach that God came to save just the good part of us or to some that are not so bad. No, God just came to make them a little bit better. No, or, or, or it says that all has fallen short of the glory of God in need of repentance. So the Bible teaches that we were actually dead before Jesus, we were dead in our sins, dead. And it's like you get this picture of, of the defibrillators that just shock you and all of a sudden it's like you have life. That's what, that's what happens to our spirits. Actually, it's a, it's a brand new regenerated spirit he gives us, but he gives us a new heart and we get, we get shocked, I guess you can say. And all of a sudden it's like, now I see let me keep going. Ephesians 2, verse 12. You were separated from Christ, having no hope and without God. Separated. Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. I hope that as I read through this scripture, you can see that there is no middle ground here. You go from darkness into light. You're not darkness into a little bit better and then you're not like a lot of times we have this this picture of you get saved you're trying quote unquote trying to be more like Jesus I've heard that before too and Christians say well what it means to be a Christian is I just try to follow Jesus no don't do that Jesus is our mirror by which we look at and we see what is capable what's available for a born-again believer let me just hit that for a second Jesus, I might have said it before, I don't know, but Jesus, it is actually more accurate instead of to compare ourselves with different people in the Bible, which is, which is okay if, you know, certain, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Jesus is actually our example. He's not the exception. He's our example. He, he you know, a lot of times we say, Jesus, well, he, well that was God, that was Jesus, I can't attain that. When really the reality is, is that Jesus, it said he put aside his godly, Philippians 2 says, he put it aside. He was still God, 100% God, but everything he did, he did as a man, as a man who was dependent on the father. In John 5, he would say, I can only do those things I see my father doing. And he was dependent on the father, possessed, by the Holy Spirit. And he came to fulfill the law so that we don't have to. But Jesus is our example. And a lot of times we get this picture of us being saved and we have to go through this long road of sanctification to where one day we'll be truly sanctified and one day when we see him, we'll be truly. But it's actually, it's kind of a misunderstanding. I, I understand where, where that teaching's coming from, but really the reality is, is when you become born again, you go from darkness to light, you are sanctified instantaneously. Instant, sanctified. You're cleansed, you're set apart. 
He says all through all scripture, to the saints here, to the saints here, to the saints here. It's never to the sinners. It's never to the, it's always the saints. To be a saint, you must be sanctified. It, it, what happens is the long road that we talk about is not necessarily a process of being sanctified. It's a process of renewing your mind. It's a process of growing, of maturing, of growing up into him in Jesus in all things. That's necessary. There is maturing, there's growing, there's understanding who you've now become now that you're in him, but you are instantly, it says you go from darkness to light. For you once were darkness. You were darkness. Look at this, Colossians 1, verse 13. Again, here's these books that I said I just constantly return to. And I will just read over and over again. Colossians 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He has Recognize the past tense of the scripture. He has delivered us. Are you hearing that? I'm hearing a lot of feedback back here. I don't, it's fine. He has delivered us. And I remember I tried to share this actually the first, the very first time I spoke up here. And, and if, if, if you were here, you knew what happened. It didn't go so well the very first time that uh, when we first started the church, because I'm still growing as a speaker. And, um, but I tried to share this and it didn't come out. Um, but I remember a few years ago, I, I, had, I had just my own revelation as I was reading the word in my kitchen in the morning before I was going to work. And I'm reading through this very verse, Colossians 1, verse 13. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. This is, I've read this so many times. This is past tense. He has delivered me. And I got this picture in my mind of me sitting down and I had a bunch of chains on me. I was dealing with stuff still that I didn't know how to get free from. So many years, and I was dealing with things that I thought were in my heart. I didn't understand that they were on the outside, continuing trying to get in. That's a whole other thing. But I'm sitting there, and, and, I, and I see myself in chains. But then I realize that the chains have been unlocked or broken. And all it was, it was just by faith where I looked, and I'm like, wait a second. He's delivered me. I got to get out of these things. And by faith, it was like an act of faith that I just stepped out and started to understand who I was. Such a powerful image, I think. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Colossians 1 verse 21. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to skip to the end where it says, in order to present you <coughs> holy and blameless and above reproach, holy and blameless. If you are in Jesus, if you're born again, if you know him, he calls you holy, blameless, and above reproach. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you're going through. You know if you're born again. You know it. You know. To those who try to sin and get away with it, that's scary. I, I'm not... I'm not sure. I don't want to say I question your salvation, but when, when, when you sin and try to get away with it, that's not showing the fruit of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. I'm not saying you can't sin because people who struggle, it's a difference. When you actually feel bad and you feel disturbed, that is a good thing. That's good. That shows that there's, 
He's in you. You're just not connecting yet. Keep pursuing God. When there's something in your life that you don't approve of, there's things in my life I don't approve of. Now I'm free from sin. Thank God. I don't say that boastfully. I depend on him for my freedom. I'm free from sin. The things that once grabbed me, I'm, I'm, I'm living, I'm going to say this, I'm living as a man free from sin. What's the one thing that always get men, right? We think that, oh, we're a guy. We're always going to struggle with lust. I refuse to believe that. I refuse it. And I'm not, the Lord knows my heart. I'm not saying this pridefully. I will stand as an example of what's available by his grace, what's available to a born again believer. I do not deal with that anymore. I don't. Not even, a, not, uh, you got to understand what happens. So anyways, where was I? Oh, above reproach. When you look up this word, what does above reproach mean? It actually means that a person or thing that you can't find any fault in. Like, think about that. That God would look at us despite our weaknesses and say, I can't find anything wrong with you. How gracious of our God. You know why? Because you've been made right. That's what righteousness is. You've been made right before the Father. You've been made right before God. And this is a reality that I used to struggle with. I couldn't believe this for a long time. You know that you are as clean before the throne of God as Jesus. We are as clean before heaven as Jesus is, the Son of God. It says that God has literally given us his righteousness. He didn't clothe us with anything else. He's given us his righteousness. You see, the reason why I'm so stuck on identity is because when I find myself in these scriptures, when, the whole, when I give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to breathe on these scriptures in my life, everything else melts away. How, how, can, how can I feel rejected by men if I've been accepted by God? Like for real, like think about that. Why should we settle for rejection from people or from fathers or mothers. I get it. There's a lot of hurt. I get it. We don't have the, the best parents sometimes. And there's things that God, that people have to go through. The Satan is a jerk. He's a loser. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There are, there are evil in this world. Too much to explain right now. There's things that, that God simply did not do, but he gets the blame for it. He gets the blame for it. We have to remember, you know, the Bible actually calls, I was reading the scripture the other day, I'm like, the Bible actually calls Satan the God of this world, lowercase g, the God of this world. We gave that, we gave our authority up, Adam did. One day, one day, he's gonna make everything right and he'll wipe away every tear, yeah. Amen, right? One day, one day, you see, he may not be in full control right now. That doesn't go well with, 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 with some of our thinking to where we think that God's in control of everything. He's in control in heaven. But down here, there's a lot that goes on he doesn't approve of, but there's, there's, there's the will of man involved. There's all, oh, there's so much stuff that we don't understand. And the awesome thing that we can rely on is Jesus he came to clear it up. Isn't that cool? That, we, that God was at a distance and said, it's no longer for me. Actually, from the, it said he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It was always his plan from a, that he would not be okay with being at a distance. 
he had to come near to us and say, you think God is this way. Let me show you what he's really like. Let me show you what he's really like. He never took away. He gave. Galatians, no, I'm sorry. Colossians 1 verse 27. Running short on time here. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us. He lives in us. When he was telling the disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away. For then the father will send the helper. And then he says, you know him. He'll be with you or he's with you, but then he will be in you. I'm going to skip down. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Oh, my goodness. I should give you guys homework. Take this scripture and just read it over and over and over again this week. Repeat it to yourself while driving, while at work. Repeat it to yourself. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Boy, that destroys the lie of him feeling distant, right? That destroys the lie of him feeling at a distance and you don't feel his presence. It says that he's one spirit with us. There's no distance there. We've been united together with Christ. This is the heavenly identity of the believer. I love when, when Jesus was, it was, I think John 16 or 17, I think it was 16 when he was, he's with his disciples again, <coughs> excuse me, and he's telling them, all of you are going to forsake me tonight. You'll all be scattered into your own homes and I'll be left alone. It wasn't just, now Peter denied him and we know the whole story about Peter denying him, but he actually said that all of you are going to leave me. You're going to be scattered and I'm going to be left alone. Nevertheless, I am not alone. My father is with me. I love just, this is, see, how, see how the scripture can be food for us? How Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone? This brings the Bible alive. It's no longer a boring book that we try to read and we can't understand. It's, it has the very breath of God in these pages. The very breath of God. I love just this past week, I was, um, I, like, I like doing this every now and then. I was watching videos of former Muslims that had um, been converted to Christianity. And the reason why I love it so much when I see that is because those guys, like, they're devout. Like, they, like they convict me sometimes. <laughs> they got these kids growing up, memorizing the whole Quran, and we can't read a little bit? we rather turn on the TV and we rather flip through our screen and you got these guys who are, who are dying for their faith and that's supposed to be Christianity? I know that's kind of heavy, but it, man, it's sobering. It's like, now, now their religion is based on whole other thing and works and they don't even know that they're forgiven. It's, it's fear, it's, it's fear. Anyways, the reason why I brought that up is I was watching it and I love that, that these people, like when they convert, they convert. It's not just some prayer that, well, let me try this Jesus out. No, they understand that if they give their life to Jesus, they could die instantly. 
mean, there's stories of Muslims that get converted to Christianity and within a week, they find their body dead and they think that most likely it was the parents. Can you believe that? How evil is that? That they, that their, that their son or daughter would get converted and they would, they would feel the liberty to kill them. I mean, like, if that ain't twisted, right? Like that's, and yet it's, it's such a growing religion. But I love it because they have experiences that make them, that make them fully, even though sometimes it takes long, like they have experiences that make them fully just transferred over. Second Corinthians five, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.